Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Nicole Sylvester, and today we're talking about liberation. What's up? It's Kevin Crenshaw, a.k.a. The Heart Guy. Welcome to The Heartbeat, where we talk about living life from the heart. So Nicole is absolutely an amazing person. I was at I had the, the honor of being at one of her events here recently in L.A., and didn't really know who she was, but I showed up anyway, and uh, it was an amazing event, amazing experience. And the more that I've seen her online, I was like, this chick's got something. And uh, so I'm super excited that you're here. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And yes, I remember your outfit is like a highlight. <laughs> the suit, the suit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, for those that are listening, <laughs> for those that are listening that don't really know much about Nicole, she's a spiritual teacher, uh, the creator of the Harmonious Hustle, which was the event that I went to and the author of O Shift. Um, and I know we're talking today about liberation, which is a, a word that keeps coming up for me a lot. Um, and that's part of why I wanted you on the show is because you have completely liberated yourself from your past and you have an absolutely incredible story. Um, and I would love for you to just speak on that a little bit to yeah. start us out. Thank you. Yeah, I would say that's what like led me down the path is just being in a hell of a lot of pain and just not mm. knowing how to get out of it without having to do drugs, alcohol, or like worse, considering suicide or something because it was just so much from just trauma and being kidnapped and you know, it was just compounding pain from ever since when I was, you know, my first memories as a child. So for me, I found spiritual practice as a way of, okay, you're saying that I can do these things and not feel this pain anymore. <laughs> and I just continue to do that. And for me, actually, liberation was a big word for me. I remember when I first started my business, which was just meant to be like an inspirational website for women who were online looking for ways to like kind of just have inspiration and support. My first business was called Live Parade with a little eight kind of dropped in the middle. So, I mean, liberation is everything. And even after the trauma and the pain or whatever, maybe we just have liberation from obsessive thoughts about like, I, I keep wanting to go shopping. I can't stop thinking about like that date I went on two weeks ago. Like we just become obsessed. So mm-hmm. every day is just learning how to just come back home to ourselves and find that peace, that inner sanctuary, I feel, is like the ultimate goal. Right. No, it definitely is. Um, but, I mean, I know that you've had quite a journey of yourself through your own story with things. Just I heard a little bit about it um, at various events that I've heard you speak at. Um, could you <laughs> share a little bit of your story just so people can understand where you're coming from? And I think it's very inspirational as well. Yeah. I never know like how deep people want to go into it. And some people are like, I don't know if we should share that story because it can be an uh, intent. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, I'm all about it. it. <laughs> You're like, bring all the crap. Like, yes. let's, let's <laughs> so yeah, to give you more details. I mean, as a child growing up in a home, that was just torn apart around about addiction and domestic violence. Like I grew up with a lot of kind of how do we get by and thinking that abuse was just part of the norm between men and women. I also believe that like people just did drugs and alcohol and like, that's what we did. And so growing up when I hit age 15 and I like smoked my first joint and tried my first, like, you know, St. Ives, like malt liquor, I just started feeling this freedom that came from numbing my pain. Um, so that was at the like turning point where I just found myself with my own addictions early on getting locked up and my first abusive boyfriend. And it was the most devastating thing to have someone that I loved and felt like I needed, even at a young age, 
hurt me and then still love them. It's like, why do I love someone that is hurts me, like punches me in the face, kicks me on the ground? Why would I still want them in my life? You know, so sick and twisted, but I really did. And when I finally got out of that relationship, and I write more about this in my book, because when I broke up with that person, he actually came and kidnapped me and beat me. So I was unrecognizable. And I mean, it was crazy. And that's what like kind of happens to abused women is they start having this fear. Well, is it better if I just stay? Versus what could happen if I leave. So eventually I find myself in Las Vegas and I continue to find men that hurt me because it was just a pattern of what I look for and love unconsciously. And when I had this relationship, which was my last relationship that was abusive, it was with my daughter's father. And we had wound up with so much craziness happened. I mean, we were selling drugs, made millions of dollars, had this gorgeous house on the golf course. And I was living with a cocaine addiction and alcohol addiction. And I was scared to death in my home every day because if one little thing happened, it set him off and he would just flip out and I would end up with a black eye. I would end up like at the final thing that happened was I had 10 staples in my head. And that was the point where I was just like, I cannot like stay here. I'm going to die. And I made a decision. The only way I could leave with my daughter is if I put my sleeping medication in his food. And I did. And we escaped. And six weeks later, he ended up murdering a woman he was dating. So it was just like a moment for me of like, look at all of these patterns that you've accepted as normal, just because you've seen them your whole life. And like, you have to heal for your daughter. So that's what I did. That was 2008. And I just set off on a journey just to get sober and just to find a normal life. And I ended up with so much more because there was just a calling all my life through all of this. Mm -hmm. So how did you, after kind of escaping all that and, and really um, getting out of that situation, how did you liberate yourself of the pattern? Because like you were saying, yeah. like that was a, that was a pattern in your life. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, I remember like so many times just crying in, it's one of the most frustrating things to know that you're hurting yourself and keep hurting yourself. Like mm. it's the worst, whether it's with your money, whether it's with love, whether it's with food. Um, it's just, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening can relate to a moment that they felt that like, why am I doing this to myself? Mm -hmm. And what I just did, I mean, there were so many layers. I first did it with, I need to get out of these kind of relationships. I need to stop doing drugs. I need to stop drinking. And then it got to the point of like, I need to stop loving men that maybe they didn't abuse me, but I was falling for men that weren't emotionally available. So it was like continuous. And then finally it got to my business and I was like, I deserve to make money. I deserve to make a lot of money. So I would say that to get free from a pattern, A, you have to get so radically honest about what's showing up in your life and take full responsibility for it. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It hurts to admit that it's you. It's not the other person. Even if someone's abusing you, you're choosing to engage. Even if your clients don't want to pay you, you're choosing to engage. Like it's all about you know, so I just say, get radically honest. And then you begin to do the digging. What am I getting from this? What do I, what am I really unconsciously choosing? here? And just start like looking at what's there so that you can become aware because otherwise we just do it. And it's so it's unconscious. And we just think that we're doing it for love or we think we're doing it for money. But there's so many little reasons that we find like pleasure, familiar, you know, kind of home in any of these things. Right. So it was really awareness of the situation and yeah. taking ownership. 
awareness is everything. So meditation is like a huge thing for me. Um, and I know people are like, we can do meditation in all sorts of ways, but to this day, like just silent meditation, observing and asking questions is to me the most powerful thing to change a pattern. So what do you mean by asking questions? What is that? What are you doing? Yeah. So sitting down and, you know, doing breath work, or maybe you do something to just kind of transcend that surface mind, but going in and just asking a question, like, what do I need to learn about this? What haven't I seen here? Hmm. Why am I unwilling to let this go? Why do I find myself here again? And then just sit, just sit for 10 minutes and just watch. And the answers are here. We, we have it, but for so many of us, we're moving so quickly and we're looking externally for why. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you can quiet that external, you can really seek internal and that's when you have the awareness. Yeah. And yeah. I would also say like for me, spiritual community has been huge. Um, going with people and places where people can be nearest for me and where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to live like and just seeing that and just realizing like in those moments of radical honesty, like I would love to have friends like this. I would love to have relationships like that. I would love to be able to live at a place like this. Mm-hmm. But where I'm at now, the way that I'm showing up now is not that version of me. Mm-hmm. And then asking those questions again and, and, you know, shifting into that version of me. And that's really what I did to just totally upgrade and shift my whole experience. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a combination of awareness, but also community. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. I love that. And like, again, that's what, what I was saying before in the beginning, like you've completely liberated yourself from that pattern and experience. And I know just by being around your energy and being around you, um, that's something that's awesome. What, what advice would you ha- give people that are in a similar situation? Maybe not as extreme as yours. Um, but maybe uh, what advice would you give other people or even what advice would you give your old self? Yeah, I would say this in terms of like the extreme thing Yeah, that you don't have to have anything extreme happening. You could be living an average life and know that you're playing small and stay suffering and die without expressing your gifts. That's pretty extreme. That's pretty, that's, <laughs> mm. that's I mean, because you're missing out on so much the same way someone in an abusive relationship would miss out. Mm-hmm. So like, don't play small. And I just say that because so many people are like, but Nicole, you have this like crazy experience. And that's why you can write a book. Nicole, you have a crazy experience. That's why you can just, no, that was just what like life chose for me. But like for all of us, we have things that are waiting to be born to us. So my best advice is this, is that we won't know who we really are and what we're made of until we step up and are willing to test it and to play with it and to get outside of our comfort zone. And I know so many people talk about comfort zone, but it's, it's like one of those things I feel like new strengths and gifts are revealed when we step up and we're willing to look for them and we won't find them doing the same thing we've been doing for three years or even three months. Mm-hmm. So just continuing to do like those little nudges, whatever you feel nudge to do, if you get a nudge to go to an event or you get a nudge to say hi to that person or reach out, like follow the nudges because our soul was always guiding us. Mm, that's so true. I love that. And that was, and really just action breeds confidence. The more action you take, the more you'll be confident in what you're doing and, and things like that. Cause like, I know for me, the first time I listened to a nudge from the universe, like my freaking, it sucked. <laughs> it was like, you know, the first podcast episode I launched or whatever, but it was like, I kept in that direction. 
and yeah. it led to something absolutely beautiful. So that's also, amazing. Like everything is long term. Like I think mm. it's important to know that. Like no one's first podcast is going to be amazing unless like Tony Robbins comes out with his maybe, right? <laughs> but like for all of us average people that are like in our twenties, thirties, like coming out and stepping into the world of things, like give ourselves a break. Like everything is meant to be a long term game unless you're doing like a one time something. And even that, like for instance with my event, it's my first event, but I look at it like it's going to create a ripple. Everything creates a ripple. So just step out and be willing to at least create your ripples. Otherwise, you're in like stagnant space. And you can't really shift if you're stagnant. Hell no. Can't do anything. Yeah, like it's a suppression of our Mm. gifts. And I feel like we get kind of stuck in the mud of doubting and uncertainty and, and, you know, not feeling good because we're not trusting what we're being called to really do if we're really listening. Mm Right. And then one thing interesting, uh, just talking on awareness that I've noticed recently is a lot of your um, message is around empowerment and around, um, like, you know, getting people to, to really be more of their true self. And your transformation, just from my eyes as a relationship coach, had a lot to do with your own love life. Yeah. Um, but But it was really about like you stepping up and being you shifted your love life. Yeah. And I mean, I think... To me, I think of it as even like deeper. It was like my relationship with my parents and I mean, foundational of all relationships, right? Um, Before we know better to love ourselves. But for me, the reason why I feel, I guess I don't connect it to his relationships as much as I connect it to this. I looked at myself as someone who was like worthless. I saw myself as someone that just didn't have a college degree. I went to school till eighth grade and I was kicked out. Like, I just saw myself as checking off all the boxes of you're not going to do anything worthwhile in life. And since I've done so much cool stuff and not only cool stuff, I've impacted people's lives in such profound ways that it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. But what I know is that it's these like seeds, this coding of greatness is in everybody. So I just like can't stop talking about it. And it frustrates me when I watch people just doubt themselves because I'm like, I know if I can do it, like everybody can, Mm -hmm. but I know the level of work and commitment and really devotion that it takes to like uncover that part of ourselves. Right. And the more you uh, uncover parts of yourself, the more you can focus on being the one and not finding the one, which those listening to this podcast heard me say many times. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, I'm at because like I'm single and some people are like, so I swear some people are more concerned about me finding a man than I am. And I'm just like, <laughs> and like, I mean, I just, I am so concerned with how I spend my time and it's so valuable to me. And my energy is so valuable to me that like the people I have to date have to be like really like juicy and make me want to trade that for that. Mm-hmm. And right. like, I just feel like when you're in your purpose, like life is guiding you where you need to go and the people that need to show up, show up. There's not this like neediness of like, oh, I got to find somebody or whatever. Cause like you were saying, like you don't, you, you, people want it more for you than you want it for yourself. And I can completely relate to that. I know. If there's a thing that like it for, for women, if you don't have a relationship, something's missing. But I think that that's like such an old paradigm because for women now, I've actually had a woman that reached out to me, hired me as her coach. And because she felt just conflicted because of like, you know, her friends were all getting married. And what it turned out was like, she had this whole expression she was never expressing. She ended up starting a podcast, starting a business. And she realized like, it's not that pressing for her anymore. 
<laughs> so for some women that are all in that needy space, it's like really turning in. And the thing is, we're not, as you probably teach us, like we're not going to attract the right kind of man when we're in that space. Like, yeah. you know, when we're all like needy, looking for like someone to fulfill our needs for right. everything. Right. 100%. Because that's not, it's not even attractive. Yeah. Well, it's probably, yeah, it's probably attractive to other needy people. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. They're in that space, and that's just going to create a hell of a relationship. <laughs> right. It's not going to get you what you want. Let's just say that. No. Yeah. No, totally. Well, we could chat for hours. This has been an amazing uh, conversation. And just thank you for, again for taking time to jump on and speak with my audience and things. Um, yeah, where can people you. find out more about you and what you do? Yeah. I mostly play on Instagram and Facebook. I do Facebook lives all the time. And then Instagram, I post and like to play on the story. So definitely. And I have lots of free meditations and stuff like that. So definitely come reach out, say hi, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for jumping on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. You're welcome to everybody listening. Go out there, put some heart into everything that you do today. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs>